Morning, home church. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to 2023. Twenty twenty two is in the can. And for some of us, that's a good thing. I heard some amens out there. So there's a few ways you can look at last year. It could have been a good year for you, and that's awesome. Maybe it was a bad year for you, and I'm sorry. Or maybe it was kind of a good and a bad year, and maybe it was just kind of a meh type of year, right? But nonetheless, the calendar has changed, and here we are, January 1, 2023. And I know we all have our personal goals, and maybe some of us have some resolutions, and you know how resolutions are. They tend to die after maybe two to three months into the year, and you find yourself going back to the same routine, the same habits that you were in the previous year. Am I right on that? And I know as believers, especially for those of us that are in Christ and that we believe in Jesus and we're following him, we feel like that 2023, you know, God is going to bless us and we're very positive when the new year starts out and as the year continues to move along and for some of us it moves faster than others, sometimes we tend to lose sight of the fact that God's hand is on our life. So I know we're believing that God is going to bless our year. And I I, I feel that for me as well, too. I really feel like that this year is going to be different than last year and different in a good way and a better way than last year. And see, the fact that God's hand is on your life is not enough to determine whether or not you're going to have a good year. If you're following Jesus, you're his child. And yes, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And yes... He will take care of you. He'll make sure you have food. He'll make sure you have clothes on your body. You have a roof over your head. But if you really want God to bless you this year, then I think he's looking at you. He's looking at me. And he's saying, what are you going to do about it? Because we have a part in that. We have a responsibility on whether or not we're going to have a good year or a, good, or a bad year. It's really somewhat on our shoulders. The fact that you're in here right now and you're breathing means God's hand is on your life, all right? You're not six feet under. You're walking on the surface of this earth. Have breath in your lungs. But God wants so much more for us. In 2023, yes, it's a new year, but ultimately what he wants is a new us. He wants us closer to Jesus, which means closer to him. And this is what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3. This verse, I want you to highlight it in your Bible. If you have a device and you're on the YouVersion Bible app, highlight it in your Bible app. If you don't have any of that, write it down. Post it on social media. This is a verse for us this year. Not just me or you, but for home church. This is what Paul writes. He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. How many of us are perfect in here? Oh, I see some hands. Awesome. Yes, we're perfect in Jesus. Yes. But are we perfect? No, there's only one who's perfect. That is Jesus. He's saying, I am not perfect. 
But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, here we go, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15 continues and says, let those of us who are mature think this way. I'm going to stop it right there. How many of us are mature? Right? We're working on that maturity. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm still working on my walk. I'm still looking at being mature in Jesus But what he's saying here is we need to forget what lies behind and we need to look to what lies ahead. And ultimately what lies further ahead in the future is the prize. And I want that prize. And that prize is when the day the lights go out here and turn on in heaven to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus in heaven for all eternity. Amen? That's the prize. And if you're in Christ and you've received him as your Lord and Savior, then guess what? You have the prize, but have yet to obtain it because we're not with him yet in heaven. Amen? But there is this thing between the prize and what lies behind, and it's what lies ahead. And what's between what lies ahead and what lies behind is this thing called the strain, or as I like to call it, the stretch. Everybody say with me, victory is in the stretch. Victory is in the stretch. And what I want to talk about this year is the victory in the stretch. We are never going to get to what God wants for us, what lies ahead in 2023 and beyond, if we are unwilling to stretch. And that requires us doing the stretching. God is faithful to be with us, He's faithful to provide for our needs. He's always faithful, and he will take care of us, but we have got to stretch. We've got to stretch our faith. The faith that you had last year is not going to be enough faith to get you through this year. So what are we going to do about it? That's the big question, and I hope to answer that today. So that, let's pray. Father... I want to thank you for everybody that's here this morning. Thank you for all those that are watching online. I just want to thank you that the old us from last year is not the same us this year. I just want to thank you that your hand is already upon us and that you have given us everything we need to stretch our faith to what lies ahead because there's so much that you want for our life. And Father, I just thank you that the words that come out of my mouth this morning will be the words that you want me to say and that we have open hearts to receive today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So when I was a cadet at VMI, the Virginia Military Institute, where I went to college, as a rat, which is what they call freshmen, rats, there was something that somebody built on top of a hill that overlooked VMI. And that person who built this thing was possessed by the devil. It was an obstacle course. And that obstacle course was designed by the Marine Corps. So as a rat coming in, I weighed 230 pounds. 
And I remember my company and I being run up the hill for the very first time facing this obstacle course. And I could tell myself, I could tell already as I was looking at this course, there's no way that I was going to be able to, to, to navigate all those obstacles. There's just no way. I was too heavy. I was out of shape. And so I knew that for me to navigate obstacle course and actually get through it successfully, I had to change physically and internally. I had to make a change. And let me tell you something. As I was trying to go over these obstacles, I had plenty of help from my cadre who were yelling and screaming at me, insulting me, spitting on me as they were screaming, red face at me, and then in the mess hall, making fun of me, making sure I got plenty of food to eat because I was the fatty McFatty that couldn't get through that obstacle course. The prize ultimately for me was to graduate from VMI four years later. But what lied ahead for me was so much that had to change. I had to become that VMI man. That was somebody who was physically fit, who was going to go into military once I graduated. I could not remain who I was to obtain the prize, and I could not remain who I was to obtain what lied ahead for me. So I had to make some changes. At the end of this obstacle course was a 36-foot tall rope that was suspended from a wooden beam that I had to climb up and tap the end of that wooden beam and then come sliding down in a controlled fashion. And my feet, once I hit the ground after that, was the signal that I made it, that I did it. And finally, after I lost some weight and they ran us through that more than enough times, I was able to obtain what lied ahead, and that was hitting the top of that beam and coming down in a controlled fashion and touching the ground. And I remember them saying to me, good job, rat, basically. It was all I got. But I had to change. I had to do something different. I had to change my diet. The person that I was leading up to me coming to VMI, mentally, emotionally, I had to change. I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, Jeff, you've got to do something or else you are not going to make it through this school. And your dream of being in the army is not going to happen. And that was hard for me to do that. That was somewhat easy because I had a lot of help from those that were training me and those that were running me ragged. But inside, I had to make a huge change. Because ultimately, and this is what you guys need to understand, is that there is a purpose for our life that's far greater than just yourself. Because what happened when I was at VMI prepared me for where I am today as your pastor. There's a lot of things that I've learned from that season of my life and all the seasons in between leading up to now that has prepared me for this. And I often wonder if this is all that God has for me. If there's something else, I have no idea. But the reason why I'm here is far greater than just me. The reason why you're here, there's something far greater than just you that God wants you to do. There's a purpose in your life. 2023 is not about me losing 10 pounds and getting back in the gym or quitting smoking or quitting drinking or whatever it is that, that you're trying to quit or trying to do. It has nothing to do with that. 
has everything to do with what am I going to do differently? What am I going to change in me so that God can use me greater in 2023? Because what happens is when I'm following his plan and his purpose for my life, then everything else is taken care of. You understand what I'm saying? So as I was praying about this, one individual came to my mind. It was Moses. And Moses, can we say, had a burning bush moment where he realized that not only was God with him, but God had a greater purpose for his life that far exceeded his own. That burning bush moment, my question is, have you had that burning bush moment? The very first one is, has Jesus met you? Have you met Jesus? That's burning bush encounter number one. And let me tell you something, when you meet him and you receive him as Lord and Savior, you will know, just like Moses did when he saw the burning bush and God spoke to him. You will know. The second burning bush moment is understanding that God gave you a purpose that's far greater than you. And when he gives that to you, you will know. And it may not be the entirety of his plan for your life, but it will at least be a next step. And today, I want you guys to find that next step. I want you to have it. Because God gave it to Moses. God looked at him and said, you're going to deliver my people out of slavery from Egypt. You're going to do that. And I'm going to be with you all the way. And it was awesome how he did it because it wasn't all at once. It required Moses to have some faith, right? It was ten plagues later in the parting of the Red Sea and the re-putting the sea back together until Moses and the people of Israel were finally set free from Egypt. That burning bush moment was so important. And so we find Moses being told by God that he needed to go and give these plagues to Egypt. And so here are the plagues that, that Moses gave. There's several that I'm going to miss here, but these are the ones where God specifically told Moses to stretch out his arm. To stretch out his arm. When he stretched out his arm, the frogs came. When he stretched out his arm, the gnats came. When he stretched out his arm, hail came. When he stretched out his arm, the locusts came. When he stretched out his arm, the darkness came. And then finally, when he stretched out his arm, the Red Sea parted. And then the very last time in dealing with the Egyptians, when Moses stretched out his arm, this is what happened. And I'm picking it up here in Exodus chapter 14, in verse 26. If you want to turn there, you can. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained." But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, and waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, 
so the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. The victory was in the stretch. So you could see Moses here using the same faith, stretching out his arm, and God would move. After 10 plagues, parting the Red Sea, and bringing the Red Sea back together again over the Egyptians, you get pretty used to that, wouldn't you? Wow, I got to stretch out my arm. God is going to move. And he did. So the Israelites, and a lot of us in here know the story, are now in the wilderness. And God is with them, as clear as a bell. He's with them as a pillar of fire by night, as a cloud pillar by day. And guess what? They started to complain. Hey, we need some food down here. Can you please provide? Here comes the manna. And so much manna that they couldn't eat it all. It would rot and stink. And so they got more complaining. And they said, listen, we need something. We need some meat. Because, you know, we remembered the flesh pots back in Egypt where we were fed rotten meat. But by golly, can we please get some meat down here? Here comes the quail. And then they were out of water. And they needed water for themselves and for their livestock. And they were complaining to Moses. It was getting to the point where God was physically with them. God's hand moved for them. And they still complained. How many of us in here last year, 2022, did a whole lot of complaining to God? I did. I did. Yet you know he's with you. You know he's with you. You've seen him provide in your life leading up to this point, leading up to last year, yet we still complain. Why is that? Because we're spoiled. We want to see God change in our life. We want to see him change our circumstances. We want to see him take the trials away and, and better our lives. And he is doing that and he wants us to grow. And he's saying, where is your faith? Again, the same faith that you had last year is not the same faith that's going to get you through this year. Quit complaining. In a couple of weeks, Pastor Elijah is going to preach a message on complaining. I, amen, Becky. <laughs> so they're complaining. Exodus chapter 17. Verse 6. I'm going to start in verse 4. So Moses said to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? <laughs> I love that. They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. And behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses said, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? So he stretched out his arm and hit that rock, and that water came out. And it blessed them, and it blessed the livestock. But see, the people of Israel said, is the Lord among us or not? Is that question on your heart right now? 
Maybe we did some complaining last year and we're asking this, is the Lord with me? Is he with me or not as I enter 2023? And the answer is yes, he absolutely is. His grace is sustaining you just as much as he has sustained the children of Israel. His grace is sustaining us right now. So quit complaining. Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. Verse 7. So the Israelites are complaining. God is moving. They're seeing things happening. They're still complaining. What happens is it leads to apathy. It downright leads to rebellion. Because when Moses came back off the mountain with the commandments, with the law, they were worshiping a golden calf. So everything was leading up to the point where they had everything provided for them, but yet they saw that, that God was not doing what they wanted fully. They wanted the promised land. But God was trying to do something in them before they got to the promised land, and that's the prize. And that's what we want here as the church. We want to be part of what God has for us this year, which is the promised land. So they come to the point where the water is now run out again, and they need God to move. And we pick up in verse 7. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. So here's a difference here. Last time, God told Moses to stretch out his arm and strike the rock, and the water came. This time, God is saying, tell the rock, speak to it. Don't strike it, speak to it. The victory is in the stretch. It has nothing to do with stretching your arm out with a staff and hitting something or pounding something. It has everything to do with whether or not your faith is being stretched. Moses and the children of Israel saw God move the same way. Stretch out your arm something's going to happen. They could not take the promised land with that same faith. They needed to be stretched. Verse 10. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice and water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their livestock and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron because you did not believe in me to uphold me as the holy in the eyes of the people of Israel therefore you shall not bring them into this assembly into the land that I have given them these are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord and through them he showed himself holy I had a hard time with this. I don't understand how when Moses hit the rock, 
the water came out, the people were supplied, that's God's grace. But then he said to them, he said to Moses, you're not going to enter the promised land now because he did that. And I was like, what? After all that Moses did, after all he did for the people, after all he did for God, and that one time he didn't do what God told him to do, and it was such a, a critical moment that God decided to, to, to keep him away from the promised land. And when I went back and looked at it, what stood out to me was God telling Moses, because you do not believe in me. That's what it was. God wanted Moses to do something different. He wanted Moses to stretch his faith. There's a whole lot more faith required to speak to the rock than it is to physically stretch out your arm and hit it. And because he was unwilling to stretch his faith by doing something different, God said, you're not going to the promised land. How does that apply to us? That applies to us in so many ways. But the big one is, what are you going to do differently in your walk with Jesus? Have you thought about that for this year? Because like I said, the same faith you had in 2022, the same faith you had in 2021, and 2020 is not going to be the same faith that can get you through what's going to happen this year. Where God is saying, quit stretching out your arm. I want you to speak to your situation. Do something different because if you don't you're going to be circling the same ground you're going to be circling the same mountain and in their case it was for 40 years you're going to be circling it with the same people and there's nothing wrong with some of the people that you're with but maybe there's some of the people in your life that you need to get rid of because they're not really good influences for you The question is, what are you going to do differently in your walk with Jesus so that you can go to what lies ahead? Like, I already know I've obtained a prize. I already know I'm going to be in eternity with Jesus forever and ever and ever. But what am I going to do differently so that I can do what God wants me to do with what lies ahead? And for some of you, it might be as simple as volunteering in the church. It might be something as simple as giving into the offering. It might be something as simple as, I need to tell somebody about my addiction. It might be something as simple as spending time in the word daily. I don't know what it is. Only you know what it is. But what God is saying, quit doing the same thing and expecting different results. Because that's the definition of insanity. Am I right? He might want you to grab somebody by the hand and say, come to church with me. Because 2023 is the year you're going to meet Jesus. Come and see. I don't know what that is. And if I can be honest with you, there are things in my life that I want to change. There are things in my walk that I have made the decision that I'm going to change this year that are different than anything I've ever done. Not only is it boring doing the same thing over and over again, but there's no results anymore. 
And what happens is, then I start, when I don't see God move because I'm doing the same thing, expecting different results, I start complaining. And I start complaining. And I start complaining. And I grow apathetic because I feel like God's not hearing me. And I just start to get apathetic in my walk. And then ultimately, not necessarily physically, but maybe internally, there's parts of me that start turning away from God because nothing seems to be changing. And what God is saying is, Jeff, I got you, man. I got you. But what I want you to do is stretch your faith. And I want you to do something that you've never done before. And I've been praying about that. And I've got a couple of things that I want to do differently in my life, in my walk. And I feel like there's a lot of people sitting in this room looking at me right now saying, really? And if you're honest with yourself, there are things that you need to do. And this is the day to make that commitment. So on your way out, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you take an envelope. Our greeters, as you're exiting the building, we're going to give you an envelope today. It has two cards in it. The very first card is going to be, what am I going to do differently this year in my walk with Jesus? Now, this is for God. This is not necessarily for you like losing 10 pounds, okay? This is what you're going to do for God differently in your walk with Jesus. And then the second question is, who is going to be somebody that will hold me accountable to that? That right there is important. Moses had Aaron, all right? Moses had God. We need somebody to hold our feet to the fire of what it is we're going to do differently this year in our walk with Jesus. The other card is identical to that one. So when you fill it out, just copy on the second card, and that second card, give to the person that's going to hold you accountable to what it is that you're going to do different.